I've been thinking recently about choices. It's been said that the door of history turns on small hinges, and so do people's lives. The choices we make determine our destiny. forget how menacing we are. We are lions. What is most important is that you have to dig deep down, dig deep down and ask yourselves, who do you want to be? Not what, but who. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. When we face such temptations in our time, we must declare as young Nephi did in his, I will give place no more for the enemy of my soul. I have wrestled with an alligator. I don't tussle with a whale. I don't handcuff lightning, throw thunder. Very best. You're very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. We're in hell right now. And you can stay here, get them kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back. And then we have to feel like all day like all night like I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now, go to the window, open it. Stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in Yes! Don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There is help and happiness ahead. A lot of it. Nightly, will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn out the lights on and I'm glow. Do the stream, rock a mic like a bando. Light up a stage, watch a jump like a candle. Dance like a play of melody. Anything less than the best is a felony. Love it, leave it. You better game. Wait, better hear fools out of kid. Don't hurt. If there was a problem, yo, I saw it. Check out the hook while Spenny revolves it. Ice, ice, babies. Are you recording? That whole thing was recording. Dun 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 dun. So how are you going to start the episode? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. I just love that. I don't know why. I just think it's so fun to start the episode with a little just jam. freestyle. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- what this is, <laughs> it is the Eternal Warrior podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Yep. Podcast. Helping young people in their quest for self-mastery, sharing stories from the battlefront in the war against Satan and pornography. That's right. Guys... We are on fire. Literally. My body. You're engulfed in flame. I'm engulfed. <laughs> you know what? You know what the only cure is? What is it? More podcast. More podcasting. <laughs> That's right. To heal the, the burns. More the burns, the third 
they might be fourth degree burns they might be by this fifth. point no we are we're fired up today because guys we are up against some some scary odds in the world i've had mm-hmm. had some interesting convos that we'll talk about mm-hmm. and uh we have our man cody haas today to also talk about some of the uh cody's actually flipping the script on us today he yeah. is what does ask the questions yeah. today I ask the questions around here. Who ask the questions around here? <laughs> so we're, we're excited and mild to moderately intimidated. Yeah. But um, <laughs> last week, Cameron laid it out, and dude, what a message of hope, oh, man! Yeah, if you if you think you've gone beyond the Savior's reach, or you've gone too far, or it's too late, or listen to that episode, man. That's the perfect think summary again. right there. What's yeah. that? If you think you've gone too far, think again. Think again. Think again. Whoa, I like that. Did you say that was the perfect? Rethink. Actually, Ooh. remember re. Whoa. Re. Rethink about it. Cody. Rethink. Cody knows. That's why we have him. Cody knows. And re-strengthen. <laughs> re-strengthen. Re-strengthen. <laughs> re-strengthen. <laughs> All right. So, yes, please listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, before we jump into it, I'd say we listen to a message from Cody Haas. Okay. Oh, that guy is so cool. If you're listening to the Eternal Warrior podcast, it's likely you're listening for you or someone you love. My name is Cody Hawes, and I'm a licensed therapist who helps those dealing with sexual addiction, betrayal trauma, trauma in general, marital recovery, and mental illness. Over the years, I've gathered resources to help those who desperately want to get on the right track. If you feel you are in need, please reach out to me by calling 385 385- 519-6089. Again, 385-519-6089 to set up an initial assessment. God bless you on your journey, my friend, and keep listening to Wes and Spenny. And remember, there's no starting or stopping in recovery. Just keep going and doing. Okay. Thank you, and Code. Thank you, Cody. And also, Cody. Thank you. Wow. I know, two weeks in a row. With this guy. It's a blessing. Que bendición. Which means, Edward. What a blessing. Yes. Oh, <laughs> in the country accent. <laughs> what a blessing. <laughs> that's what that, that's no, how Edward sounds. That's why. That's I, Edward, our, our uh, local translator on the show. So It is. <laughs> sounds a lot like me. It's weird. So, to kick things off, and I have not told Cody these stories yet, so I'm intrigued with what mm. we've talked about pre-podcast. Yes. To to how these stories interrelate with one another. I've had three separate conversations in the last two weeks. But when they were had, weren't they had like on the same day or something? Yeah, so like days apart. Like this, it was weird how, yeah. And it just, it made me very much aware. It made me more aware of what we're really up against here. When we talk about we're up against pornography, it's much bigger than that, right? And so, not to like be like doomsday to start this episode, but but kind of, but kind of to be doomsday. You ready? I mean, we just we just heard from Cameron, who is facing a very serious life changing. He's taken it like a champ, but right, he has experienced the most severe form of church discipline, right, in form of excommunication, and the severity of the sin that we're that we're facing can exacerbate 
which we know what that rhymes with, <laughs> into something worse. Yeah, you say the word so, exacerbate on this pad, but podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to lighten the mood too much, but... No, I agree. The, the heinous crimes that Spence is about to talk about started out with pornography. Correct. And I, well, and that's my assumption. We'll go into right. that. First story was with a guy that introduced me to Operation Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. Do you want to just tell really quick what you understand by Operation Underground Railroad? Yeah, um, Operation Underground Railroad by, uh, what's the, Ballard? No. Yeah. yeah. Former CIA, or yeah. CIA. Tim Ballard? Tom Ballard? Tim, Tim Ballard. Yeah, Tim Ballard. Yeah. Just a stud and, and running yeah, these operations to, to help and save kids that are, and people that are caught up in sex trafficking. They have a really cool film called Chain Breakers. Or is, um, is, is that what it's called? Let me look it up. Yeah, because oh, I saw it once. Gosh, it's really I cool. can't remember it. But. Something like that. But essentially going out there actively trying to save people that are yeah. are caught in sex trafficking and to hopefully bring enough firepower that those that are the abolitionists. Oh, it's called the abolitionists. Yeah. The abolitionists. Not chain breakers. Is it on <laughs> I think Netflix? It's on Amaz- I think it's on Amazon. Okay. Because I want to listen. I I still haven't seen that. I want to watch it too. It's yeah. awesome. I haven't seen. It. So amazing, amazing movement. And this guy that I was talking to is a pretty much a professional singer. And he and his wife both sing. They make music for EFY. Oh, like, sweet! Super cool people, right? Mm-hmm. They have volunteered because they're so passionate about Operation Underground Railroad. They have like offered their talents to sponsor events and like sing at events for Operation Underground Railroad to bring awareness. The stat that he told me was that there are more humans being trafficked for sex today per capita than there have ever been slaves in the history of mankind. Oh, my goodness. Now, now this the statistical cynic would say, oh, well, that's just because there's more people today. Well, yeah, there's 7 billion people now. So there obviously there's more, more bad stuff going on. What's the keyword there, Spence? Per capita, right? We're talking per population. This is the most ratio by ratio mm-hmm. of individuals being trafficked than have ever been enslaved. So that that stat alone gave me shivers right up and down my spine. First of all, for those feeling such great sympathy for those that are out there suffering from that. Right, that have are very vulnerable young children that are being stolen. Their lives are being stolen away from them. And the second part of that is these people that are so brainwashed that they are making money off of it. That's where I. That's where I. Is that not a testament to the fact that there is a devil? That there is an adversary that we're up against here. That makes me, it just makes me sick. So that was the first, that was the first of three stories. The second story. Well, one of his whole purposes is to objectify everybody. Yes. Make sure everybody just plays a part. That's just a, a pawn in your chess game. They're that's a cog. just somebody to, to just play with. And for like what? toys. To make money? Or yep. to like, to gain power, to gain, to make, he or is manipulating people out there left and right and at the cost of innocent individuals. 
Very innocent. And aren't we part of, I mean, we're part of that, right? When we say that we were snatched up in our youth with pornography, like it's, it's not the same. I don't don't want to compare it. Yeah, we can't, we can't minimize, we can't compare our experience to being humanly trafficked by any means, but the fact that we were taken advantage of by Satan and that we were marketed this industry filth peddled yeah yeah we're we're definitely a player <sighs> but what, what's the second thing you yeah the second story was this um this really good friend of mine we were just having lunch and i actually was talking to him about operation underground railroad and he was like the reason why and he just speaking to this fact that satan has such a stronghold on from a high level um from a macro he then he also explained but the more maybe more dangerous and more pertinent is in the micro is in the individual level and on the in the family right so he talked about a really good friend of his that just recently got married been married for a year and found out without his wife knowing found out that she had been cheating on him with many men um, while they were dating and during their entire marriage. And anyways, the, the um, unfortunate thing is, this is a total side note to this story, but just that the, that her father is a really powerful, dif- like um, divorce attorney. And so they're pretty much raking him for everything he's got. Oh, Isn't yeah. that interesting how, you know, the when we are being manipulated by Satan and act out, then we start manipulating other people and objectifying that things, people don't matter anymore, right? The Isn't most, that interesting? The most um, vile sociopath in Satan, right? Yes. It, it, that's exactly what he wants us become that's what he i mean he wants us to get to the point where we have no empathy no feeling toward anybody else other than ourselves that the world revolves around us that like we said it's just they're our pawn or how am i going to use this person how am i going to use dad to get money how am i going to use mom to cook my food how am i going to do this to make sure that i get what i want when i want it and instantly without any effort <sighs> it's, it's mild forms of sociopathy, right? It it's just... It is. That's... And that's... You that's know, what we're up when against. When we're in that addicted mindset, we, we have these mild... I mean, it's, we're not sociopaths, but... And we have no desire to be... But in those moments, we, we, we get this mild form. And it is sometimes a huge form of mild sociopathy, right? We just feel like just the world revolves around us and we need to get our... Get our fix. Fix. <sighs> The uh, last and we one. We have no idea about it. Exactly. Most of the time. Uh, yeah, it's so we're, subtle. Not, we're not even aware of it because he's so good at what he does. The last one was I was talking to a buddy that's just finishing up. Um, he's becoming a PA, a physician's mm-hmm. assistant. So he's finishing up his school right now. Wow, was, three in a week, dude. Three in a week. This, this is, is literally. I know. This is. It was. That's why I wanted to bring it up on the podcast because. I don't know if this will have this effect on everyone else, but it just got my warrior chems bubbling. Oh, yeah. It got them fired up. This last one was, uh, he was talking to a doctor, and, and um, 
that he was working with. And this doctor tells him the story that had just happened the week prior where he had a woman come in and was ill and, and not doing well. And yeah, um, tested positive for an STD. And she was obviously confused because she said, well, I've, I don't understand this doctor because how, how, how can I get this? Because I haven't had sex with anyone else, but my husband to whom I've been married for 25 years. And unfortunately that doctor's in a weird spot, right? Where he didn't want to say it directly, but kind of was just like, well, it can only be transmitted sexually. And so can you imagine the moment that this dear woman comes to the realization that this man that she's been married to for 25 years and in her mind, faithful, good man has, has been cheating on her. Um, and so she obviously lost it in that moment. And can you imagine that conversation? Hey honey, I've tested positive for an STD. What's, uh, what's going on? What's going on? And so I don't, I, um, once again, not, not, not my intention to be, to be doomsday, but to say that in one form or another, we are all fighting against this, whether we're addicted to porn, whether we are in a relationship, not in a relationship, Satan is determined and fixed on destroying you as an individual and your family. And if you don't believe that to be true, I hope these stories... Um, just show what what is real, what's happening out there, and that we have a an obligation to fight back. And that all start the core of that starts with Satan getting to our identity, the core of our belief system and what we believe about ourselves, and warping it. Yeah, and we're gonna dive into that. Cody's actually gonna be putting on his interviewer hat and asking us questions today. But before we dive into that, we actually do have a special message from... Wait, didn't we already do? Did we already do it? Yeah, we did. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tripping. Do it again if you want. Here's another message. I wasn't sure. From Cody Hobbs. No, let's listen to him again. Should we? No. <laughs> no, uh, no double the it. coverage, Wes. I Thanks, don't know how man. To... No, no, no. We can recover. We can recover. Can we? Um, yeah. Let's, let's so, go back. So yeah. And and at the core of that, where that all starts, is actually when Satan gets at our identity, and he tries to. <laughs> you can't laugh. Sorry. <laughs> you just said word for word verbatim. Well, what you said before. <laughs> so awesome. Cody is here. To, uh, we to need his? to lead it. We're cutting all this, right? Like, we've got to <laughs> go back from where yeah, you yeah, left. Where, from where, from okay. whence we came. Yeah. So, yeah, things are bad out there. Guys are gross. No, wait, that's not the way. No, okay. I, I got it. I, I, know where, okay. I know where to start. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the core of where those satanic lies live are at, at our core, at our identity, is when Satan starts to make us believe different things about who we truly are. And um, that drives our, our value system and our belief system and leads to our actions and our thoughts and, and ultimately our reality. And uh, Cody's actually going to talk to us today about the importance of understanding. Well, I guess he's going to ask us questions yeah. about 
how understanding and and developing our own personal identities leads to successful recovery. Yeah, and sustained recovery. Sustained, yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. I think that's the key. Um, really quick before mm-hmm. you start asking your yeah. your th- philosophical questions at us. Philosophical questions. Um, is there anything else that you would add to just the the sever not severity, I don't know, the gravity sure. of what we're up against. And if you would too, what role does pornography have in all of these sexual sins? I, I'd be curious, and I don't know this because you can't really know this, but I would be curious to know of all those involved in sex trafficking, of all of those who have, Ooh. like what percentage you, of those? Cody, you worked in the prison system yeah, and you dealt with sexual oh, yeah. criminals. Uh-huh. What was the link there? What was the percentage of those? So, 100%. Okay. 100% of the... Without exception. Without exception. No. Every single one, every single person that I worked with in prison, it's including the detention side of prison, too. Not just the sex offender units. Every single one of them had a severe addiction to pornography. Wow. No matter what their crime... No no matter what their crime. Every single one of them. Every single one that I dealt with had a, a severe addiction to pornography. All the, I mean, and they're all very special children of God. Every one of them, every single one of those guys that I met with, like, I grew to love. I mean, well, you know, I grew to have a relationship sure. with, right? I grew to, um, I knew them. And every single one of them dealt with extreme addictions to pornography. It's that instant, instant gratification. Any type of crime, right? If, you know, whatever they're going through, it's all about me, me, me. And like I talked about sociopathy before, right? It, how can this person play a role to make sure that I get what I want and the reward that I want right now? Is that, so, would, that, would you say that's the definition of sociopathy? For those, for well, those of our listeners, greatest, who, I mean, the, for those who don't know, the worst Spence and I know. I mean, you know the worst sociopathists. I mean, so sociopathic people like Ted Bundy and like literally, he would. Everybody was a pawn for his. I mean, even the community that trusted him, right? Mm, manipulating. Oh man, I and I'm not going to get in. I have a lot of more, a lot more crazy stories similar to what you heard this week. That it's all, it always goes back to how can I get what I want when I want it, real quick. Um, and so that, that being said, right, that's exactly what sex trafficking is. It, there's an age, like, you know, between the ages about 10 and 25, where we don't have a lot of access to our frontal, cor- frontal cortex. A lot of the times before that time, we're, we're learning and we're hopefully growing with our parents. Some people don't get that at all, right? They don't get that any type of experience with being guided by caregivers that really, really care. And those are the type of people that I worked with in prison. But between, for even a normal, you know, normal developmental level of a child, between the 12, between 10 and 25 is when we're really developing our frontal cortex. But that's the, the area where we're f- having a hard time creating identity 
we're we're having a hard time understanding who we are. Our identity is based on some what other people think about us, our circumstances, our titles, our where we're at in the volleyball team or, or football team. It all goes back to our kind of our judgments of other people, right? And then after 25, we start to really, if we if we don't have too much dis, too much stunted development after that, we can start to to gain really really good ground on our identity. So that being said, right? Um, Satan's Satan's got a grasp on those on those ages. He's really got a grasp on how to really stunt that human development during that time. We literally give all our eggs and we put them all in baskets that we that that don't have any return, right? There's no return on investment with relationships a lot of the times in those age. But this question I have for you. The reason I'm interviewing Spenny and Wes is because I really believe in them, but I also know that they believe in themselves. They have grown to be like some of the best people I I could you know actually say to 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 have to the privilege of knowing and they're really good examples to me. And so I wanted to interview them on their identity and how they grasp that and what it started out with. So I'll start with you guys. Uh, Spen- oh, you guys are the only ones here. <laughs> Spenny and Wes, what was your identity like, you know, between those ages of 12 to 25? But now, what, what's been kind of the evolution of your identity and who you are today? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Go start. go. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, so to give you guys ref- <clears throat> to give you reference, um, <laughs> I'm 28. Are you 28? You're 27. 27. Yeah. So Spence and I are both. My frontal cortex has now been. You're fully developed. You better be. You're done learning. I've had two full years of frontal cortexing, and man. How's it felt? I can't wait for all of you guys out there under 25. (laughs) It's It's awesome. (laughs) Your 25th birthday. It's amazing. How much your brain changes. No. It's all Car insurance gets cheaper. Anyway. (laughs) For me, I feel like. Because. If you if you hearken back to our experiences in like the first episode of the podcast where we kind of share our stories, I feel like a lot of my adolescence was spent trying to maintain a a facade or a an illusion of what I wanted my community to believe in me. Um, I was a successful kid. I, I worked really hard and would, had a lot of talents and a lot of friends. Um, I was a student body officer at my high school, um, was gifted musically and, and performed in all the musicals and stuff, um, and uh, had a lot of friends, got along really well. But there was this part of me, this little friend in pornography that I I couldn't, I it, it just kind of came out of nowhere and became part of my day-to-day from a very young age, and I wasn't sure. I knew it was wrong, and I knew that my community knew it was wrong, but I couldn't let what my community believed me to be supersede what I what I felt I was. And... Yeah, like, the, I, they, they, if they knew, then everything that they believed yeah, about everything you, else is a lie. Everything right? else is a lie. And so I felt like caught in this... You're, in, you're between a rock and a hard place, right? There's this this super bad thing about you that you don't want anybody to know. And it, it feels like that is more weighty and more 
more has greater gravitas than anything else that you might be doing in your life that being a student leader didn't matter being a you know a good athlete or a, a hardworking employee didn't matter because everything else was shrouded by this component of my life by this lie that I was living hmm. so how that affected my identity um, Can I interject on yeah, something? Please. And look at what, okay, with a guy like Wes, and, and we haven't got to Spenny yet, but with a guy like Wes, some of you might be thinking like, and, and this is probably accurate with Wes, that I'd rather stick to myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the best I can for everybody else. I really am going to show empathy. I'm going to do everything to serve my community. I'm going to do everything to make sure that I lift others. But with this area of my life, I'm not going to, you know, if I can't be in public to do those things, I'm not going to be in public. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do whatever. If I, if I'm feeling bad, I'm going to follow my sword and I'm going to stay alone. I'm going to isolate. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that if I can't be the best I can in Christ-like as Christ-like as Christ-like as I can in public, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that's fair and uh, definitely accurate. Of if I was really caught in the addiction, then I was very antisocial, and I I was a recluse and didn't do I I didn't feel like my true self. But at the time, Satan told me that was my true self. And I right. bought it, hook, line, and sinker. What was what? What did he? What was he always sharing with you? What was he making sure that you knew to maintain the status quo of addiction, but also to compartmentalize a little bit there? If, if I understand your question correctly, okay. I can't hang with Cody. He's too smart. Sorry, Dude, um, so smart. Uh, when he says words like compartmentalize sorry. and <laughs> socio, I hear compartmentalize, and I'm like. Yeah. Okay, like forks go in this thing. Yeah. Knives go over here. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Compartments. Um, what did, yeah. Wh- what What did he do to just maintain the status quo of addiction, but also, am I? Because you could, you could still thrive. It, it was. Mm. I think I, it was secrecy. As long as nobody knew about the addiction, then nothing else was wrong. Just be this it, dishonest person. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, keep so, it so, hidden. So as long as I could. As long as I could project this character, this, you know, all-American kid that loves life and, and is going place and is working hard and is, people like him, then then that's good. That's, that's what's most important. But that was not for me. It, it was for, for everyone else. It was for my family. It was for my com- more my community even than for my family because I think... My my parents found out about my addiction when I was probably about 15, 16. Um, but everything else... Um, and, and I don't want to say it was disingenuous. I loved my oh, community. No. I loved my friends growing up. That's exactly what but it was. the reason why I couldn't love myself the way that maybe my community loved me mm-hmm. is because I felt like I was totally living a lie. That Everything I was doing was cosmetic, almost as a means to weigh the scale more in favor of good guy versus bad guy. So you see what and Satan was doing there? He's like, man, I can feel, I, I'm going to fill him with this much validation over here. 
because he's going to get a whole lot of validation with the amount of stuff that he does and is in the community and in, in, in what he does. But I'm still going to keep this area over here lit, make sure that he's still going there. Mm. See how he can do that? See how he can squeak in and just get that, those forms, those outside validations that just make life worth living still, right? Mm. And then, but still maintain the identity of, I'm still doing this. Yeah. I'm and, still this person. And a lot of, a lot of life as a juvenile came naturally for me. Yeah. Came easy for me. Um, I was a naturally gifted student. Things just came easily for me and I didn't have to struggle through school like some of my peers did. Um and so I didn't have to really focus or work hard on other things that were just maybe in my wheelhouse or that were talents for me. And so I, my time in the evenings wasn't occupied with studying as much or doing homework. And so I had opportunity to, to develop the addiction. So before we go into now your your philosophy around identity, yeah. let's let's hear from Spenny yeah, yeah. a little bit and see what see what he went through through that through that identity. Fa- I mean, like there's it's a bit of a huge identity crisis through those years, right? Oh man, what did you go through in without porn, right? right? <laughs> Seriously, tough enough. Oh my goodness, yes. And then it just yeah, that adds that cog in the system. And I think that's why. That's why pornography is one of the best tools in Satan's tool belt is because it does so deeply distort your own, your own belief in yourself Yeah. that if I have to go to do this stuff in the dark and secretly and keep it away from people, that's because I'm a creep. And even though... In public and in with your friends. Oh, man. I mean, star athlete, right? And all these things. Yeah. So, like, and I think to to Wes's experience, I would say it's very similar in a lot of ways. Um, and you guys have heard, if you have listened to a couple episodes about my sabbatical and things like that, like, that the sabbatical happened because of this identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Right. If I can't be, if I can't be what everyone else expects me to be, what Spencer needs to be, what he should be, because he's this great guy. I'm gonna hide. Yeah. Then I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run away from it. I'm gonna, that's the only way out is to hide. And um, that was a constant battle. I remember it took me until I kept. My biggest thing was needing validation from other people that I was a good person. I couldn't just believe that for myself, even without pornography, right? That's already a hard enough, like you say, an identity crisis. But then you add in, add in that uh, addiction and... You can even get to the point where you're even a little bit addicted to that oh yeah like it it, it it's fulfilling for a, a oh. little tiny bit oh i was 100 percent addicted then to that it's like oh well what's up what else that can external I do to validation get that? yeah you mean? yeah, well, yeah. Then i became addicted to it in the fact that like if i could just put on a face and then say yeah you're a good person then that meant i was a good person mm. totally dependent 
right. it was 100% dependent upon other people's view of me. This is exact. I mean, this is so normal, so normal to go through at, at this age, right? At the age that you're, you're really developing everything and you're going through some pretty hard hormonal changes and puberty and all these crazy things that come in. It's, it's, don't think that it's not normal. Everybody out there that's listening, you're going to have some type of identity where we, where we need some, and that external validation is going to be awesome. You're awesome. But that external validation sometimes is the icing on the cake, but it's not lasting. Hmm. And so we go to other things. No, but that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. Like there was, and I don't think I could, I don't think I could say that that's why I went to pornography, Mm -hmm. right? Like I wouldn't have been able to say that at the time, but it was, it was like, I always felt like I was doing stuff for other people, not even maybe at times because I wanted to do things for other people, but because I was expected to Almost do things. using them for their validation. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm going to go serve you so then you can tell me how good of a person I am. Like, that's what I, that's what that I needed. that was legit. It's like that subtle, legit thing that, yep. that and, they need right there. And then pornography was for me. Like, that was my, my thing, my, my escape, my getaway. Um... Which, yeah, the, the battle that I continually fought was this, I'm a hypocrite, right? I say all the right things. I do a lot of the right things. And yet, I'm oh. not that person. Yeah, but what, what does Jesus say about hypocrites, man? And look at that, look at all that yeah. that Satan uses against you. Oh man. When we don't when we look to the context of why Jesus said it. Correct. Right? Yes. And like he would say something so much so much different to us. I mean I'm not saying that hypocrite hypocrisy is good, but like he would know our hearts a little bit more. Right. And then there were times throughout, even with the battle, that there would be moments where I would feel um well, I am. I am doing just the best that I can. Like, should I not? Should I not keep doing good things, even though may, maybe it's for the wrong reasons? You know, like. And then I think getting to the sabbaticals where I just broke, right? Where I just like couldn't even. I didn't even care. Actually, but I, but I still did. I mean, I still did care what people thought because I didn't want them to see me that way, right? So just very deeply needing people's approval to feel good about myself, to feel like I was worth something. Um, it never, and I would feel very uncomfortable saying I am a good person. How could you, how could I, how could you ever think that with all the stuff that I was doing that no one knew about, if only they knew they wouldn't think I was that good. It was all, it was all, it was all catered around what they knew. Yes. If they only knew who I really was. Which, what does it matter to, what they know or what they right. don't know? What, and right. also, I think we, we kind of project our own beliefs and thought systems on, on other people. On other people of, mm-hmm. man, if, I, if it came out that my buddy was, was into porn or something, boy, I'd look at him sideways. And maybe that's me being an immature and, and like non, non-feeling 17-year-old, you know? But those were very real things of thinking like, man, like, 
or or I mean, we we had those experiences come before us. Or like, you're growing up, you're like, why isn't so and so's brother on a mission? Like, what's what's Ooh. his deal? Oh, he's probably into porn or something. Wait a second, so am I? Crap, can I not go in? Like all this stuff. He's probably this or that. Yeah, Dang. exactly. Oh, and I totally project what I would feel about myself on other people and. Ouch. Right? Or divorce, right? Well, oh, obviously, dog. obviously, the mm-hmm. guy was addicted to pornography. Yeah. All those negative that, assumptions. That's more now, that though, like that we're, yeah. I guess, young single adults of some of our friends that maybe their marriages have gone south or whatever. So right. with all the theories and all the philosophies around identity going around the world, around sexual identity, around political identity, all the things that, you know, are so I, I feel our distractions from who we are truly. We we really subscribe to the fact of a celestial identity, of a godly identity that we can have, um, that we can achieve. I believe it's the most pure, it's the most sanctified identity. And when we have that spiritual foundation of identity down on a daily basis by connecting with God, we try we even know we even figure out the true identity of our heavenly father we know we we discern what 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 the identity of satan is we discern when he's coming in and trying to take us out but when we tr- when we truly know our identity and what what we're truly going to do in this life we begin to really figure out the atonement in a really special way we really figure out how to obtain it how to reach out toward it. So describe your philosophy of identity now. Like, who are you now? Like, and how does that, how does that change your reasons for fighting? How does that change your outlook on others, on yourself? Go into that a little bit. You get to go first on this one, Sparky. Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> so... I would definitely say, the first thing I would say is it's a process. It wasn't a moment of figuring it out, but with your help in counseling and going to group and some deep study and prayer and thought, um, and also understanding, I think you make a great point that until we know the enemy's identity, it's very hard to know where ours is. Huge, right? I had a I had a huge problem differentiating when I was the enemy and when Satan was the enemy, right? And once I understood this guy is trying to destroy me, he wants he wants me to feel this way about myself. I remember, okay, you might not remember this, but we had a phone call. I couldn't make it up to a therapy session. You're like, hey, can we just hop on a phone call? And that was the night that you told me to call Satan out on his crap. Like in my car, just call him out and say, Satan, you can't treat me this way anymore. You can't tell me that I'm a bad person anymore. I'm not going to believe that. Where's the, where's the proof in that? And then to create these statements of, no, I am a powerful 
son of God. I do genuinely seek and want to help people. I am a disciplined disciple of Jesus Christ. And and just to rebut him with who I really am, who I and I who I've been all along, but not not being able to identify that and know that. And I think it's still a process because there will still be thoughts that will come in that will be like, well, you know, you didn't you didn't do your manpower today. So you're obviously not that good of a person or you're not a disciplined disciple of Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? right. So those there's still little sticks in there. There's little right? sticks in there. But I'm very quick to say, nope, Satan, get out of here. That's not that's not coming from God. Right? And so it's being able to identify that and say, nope. Hey, I'm mortal. But I am a fighter. I am a warrior. I am a you know, those same statements over and over again. And building that in, I think it takes a lot of repeating those things to yourself. Because then as you repeat those, you go and live them and you go and do them. It like it um and it's amazing as you dive into the scriptures and you dive into Jesus Christ, how you lose yourself in in those things, how he how he then helps you understand who you really are. Isn't it awesome that all those things that Satan would repeat, 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 now you you have a system to bring him into the light, completely destroy him with what you want repeated by the scriptures, by the prophets, by God. Yes. And we often at... Um, in, in different to, to illustrate this a little bit more for those that are listening very important if if you notice that a lot of your negative there's some negative talk coming from the adversary to you the world calls it negative self-talk we, we, we don't think that is a true notion here and the way to test it is to take one of your loved ones, like a mother or your wife or your your sweet little sister or daughter, and if you were to repeat what Satan is repeating to you on a daily basis to that loved one, how that would make them feel. And would you ever do that? Would you ever say that to a loved one, what the adversary is telling you, that you feel like you need to believe in that's valid? Oh, and then you can say, oh, my goodness, I've been duped. I've been duped because I've been believing these things, things that I would never, ever say to somebody I loved. And so we have to, that's another form of creating our identity is exactly what Spence said is you've got to know the enemy and how he comes in. Mm-hmm. So again question is what what are my philosophies on what i yeah. means what now? is yeah what is it now and how would um, you how would you teach that to your kids and and the people around you as you speak and yeah as you sure. testify so i think for me what i believe and what i've come to understand identity to mean to me now is it's kind of a twofold thing there's part of my identity by default is is things that i've inherited um, and I think that falls under the bucket of what I am. Uh, I am the son of my parents. 
I genetically have their makeup. Okay, I am five foot nine, Caucasian, and I got a great set of hair, right? <laughs> yes, but you that's, do. that's part of what I am. And when I when I dive deeper into that of, of things that I've inherited from my from my environment too, of of okay, I'm a I'm a Latter Day Saint. I'm I'm from this part of the world and and chances were that I, I became, or I, I was born into, into the gospel, which I'm eternally grateful for. Um, I'm part of several different communities that uh, make up what I am, that I've just inherited by, by being, okay? The other part of the equation is infinitely more important and, and compelling, I think, of who I am. And that is not an inheritance, it's a choice. And I can scan my life and find the men and women whom I respect most and identify those skills and attributes and traits that they have that I want. And I can choose to develop those things. And I can choose to be strong. I can choose to be dependable. Hmm. I can choose to be a learner. A learner. That was one I just, like, I'm a learner. Mm -hmm. Keep going. I can choose to be honest I think one of the biggest things that I've, I've learned in my recovery is the beauty of radical candor. There's actually a book called Radical Candor that I am a big fan of, but how liberating honesty is mm. to, I, 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 I want, I'm going to say the word naked because that's how you feel when you're completely honest, but to be, to stand naked before the world and have nothing to hide. Is awesome. Because is that not proof when we can get to that point where honesty and being our true selves, letting them see the whole elephant and just instead of feeling just that little, is that not the proof that no longer their expectations or their, what they are hoping for me truly matters to me. I am comfortable in my own problems that I've had. And I'm, I'm good with the mistakes I've made and I've learned from them. And this is where I'm going. One of the biggest lies that Satan has told me that I've believed for a long time. And this is one that I still feel like I'm working on is that I can only be lovable until someone knows the whole elephant, until someone has a full grasp and understanding of me and who I am. And the truth of the matter is, is that that's not true. I, I don't want to not share like my whole experience with, with people that are closest to me, but I should allow them to be close to me no matter how much of me they know, you know? And if they only know the ear part of the elephant or the tail part of the elephant, they can love that as much as they want, but there's a whole lot more elephant to go. And it just gets better and better, people. That's what I'm about. And so to me, identity is... It's an appreciation for what I inherit, for what I am, based on my family and my my environment, mm. but also what I choose to be every day. And I, I have complete control over that. And developing the skills that I want based on what I've seen in others and what I've seen in Christ um, is so liberating. And that uh, it, it, It's so much better than, than living a lie and, and slinking through the shadows. So fun. It's way better. It is. And it's like part of accepting 
the fact I, I, I still think that Satan could back when we're talking about that identity crisis, he could still convince me that I could like numb out that part of my life. Like I could just like not accept the fact, just make it through, make it through this. Yeah. I just accept the fact that I wasn't addicted to pornography, that I wasn't doing bad things. You know, it now has completely flipped. I own it. I accept the fact that that is part of me. And now part of my identity and who I am today is I am a proud warrior and fighter against evil and against pornography. So what could have, what distorted and changed who I was in the past now has become such a, a deep part of myself that I love like that. That's, it's just the coolest feeling and it actually, Cameron said this on the last episode, but how cool it is to love yourself again, or to maybe for the first time. And guys, one last question. What has your dependence on others or circumstances or issues or addiction, what has knowing who you are done to your dependence on anything? I mean, I, mean, I know we have to depend on some things, but especially the things that don't really matter. It, it, it changes everything. Absolutely everything. Where, and you, you get to let go of so much. I feel like I carry way less baggage, way less stress, way less worry because of having developed a foundation of having identity of this is me and this is how I'm choosing to live my life. And I'd, I'd, I'd love for you to appreciate that and to accept me for who I am. But if I don't fit into your community based on the values of your community, if, if we don't jive that way, that's okay. I'll find people who do. Yeah. People who are okay with that. And it's, it's a lot more liberating. I mean, it boils down to everything. Like from It makes dating not as hard, which is still the worst the worst but also (laughs) to be like you know what i think we just care about things differently yeah um and that's okay and that's not a bad thing it's not i'm not taking that personally yeah it's not because i'm a bad person because i'm not lovable because we're just not we're not in in sync we're not you know we're not (laughs) in sync we're not like backstreet boys Bye 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 (laughs) so we are in sync though (laughs) we are me and you with this star with Cody, mm-hmm. because here's the thing to your question of what is my dependence on other things? It's amazing. Wes makes a great point that it's not just validation from other people. It's like it, I see it in so many different ways. I see it in my job. Performance, people, right? Oh, performance. If I don't perform, if I didn't perform before, oh man, when I lost my job at SoFi. That was because I am a failure. I couldn't even look at the fact that they laid off 60% of the department. No, it wasn't that. It was me, right? It it has changed the game. If I don't have a good day at work, it's not because I'm bad at my job. And I still am working at that, right? We all, I think we all still struggle with that. Challenges of mortality, right? Exactly. But I don't depend on external, external forces to make me feel worth feel good about who I am and what I've done because I know at the end of the day 
I'm winning the battle that really matters. I'm winning against I'm winning against the power of evil. And so if anything else like I I can hang my hat on that. Yeah, I think it's 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 a spirit it's I feel like it's a maturity thing, kind of like a, a spiritual development and maturity. We've talked a little bit about how the opposite of love is not hatred, but rather indifference to where we could give a crap about somebody or something. And I feel like that's how we've kind of started to feel about Satan of like, you're, there's no way you're coming into my life. You do your thing, man. I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to chase you around the block or anything. I will vehemently defend my ground and my castle. Yeah. But whatever you do out there, I don't, I, I couldn't care less. You leave me alone forever. But everything else, I don't, I don't need to troll you, dude. You know. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna just adding to Wes's Wes's thought is that that then has shifted my mind towards, like you said, protecting my house, making sure that I win my personal battles, and if that is done. I can defend my family, right? I am going to, because I can't control all those sex traffickers out there. And I'd like to be one of those like former SEAL dudes that goes out there and pretends to be one of them and then rescues children. That's so freaking BA, right? Like that's so cool. But that's not my, that's not my fight. My fight is right here, right now with me and protecting those I love. Posterity, right? So for those, I mean, for those that are listening and those that are that at that age and they're at the that identity stage, I actually want you guys to go back to your 15, 16, 17 year old self. We've got a lot of listeners that are probably between the ages of, I would say, fifteen to forty, probably, maybe even more. But go back to that. 15, 16, 17-year-old self. And what's the what's the most important? I know it's kind of loaded, but like what's the most important thing that you would have them know about their identity? Hmm. And as they're struggling through this, what would be the thing that you would want them to say? Cuz there's probably a lot of guys out there right now that are listening and like, "Oh, well they're they're older, they're they man, they're more mature, they've got a They've got awesome jobs, they're studs, they're extremely influential, they're charismatic. I'm not like... Keep, keep going. Yeah, what else? Like I'm not like, I'm not like, like them, <laughs> you know? I'm not like People them. People bands are like, cool. I'm not man, cool. Man, you, you guys are setting up a too hard of an expectation. I, I don't know if I can live up to those guys. And they're, they're giving all these great good advice, but I still feel it. I still feel like I'm the worst. How would you talk to them? It's a tough pill to swallow, but I'd say whether you think you're the worst or you think you're the best, you're 100% right. You set the thermostat of your life and you get to choose. And I know that a lot of you guys are facing, as I have, 
things like anxiety and depression and and those things do tilt the playing field sometimes in Satan's favor and it makes it harder to to choose to love yourself because of our brain chemistry and and luckily we live in in the era of of psychiatric medicine that can help give us back a, a fair playing ground but at the end of the day whether or not you're you're medicating that to to give yourself an opportunity to make a fair choice in the end it is a choice and it's one that you have to make every day sometimes multiple times a day and that you have to defend Hmm. i've made mine at least today i have and i'll make it again tomorrow um but there's nothing special about me no spence can tell you that there's nothing special about me but there's (laughs) it really does come down the 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 people that you want to be like and that you desire to be like are the people that have figured out the secret of life is that it is a choice and it doesn't get any easier day over day but you do kind of start to develop a a habit of being being bad to the bone you know yeah and it's for no one else but you i think that's the biggest thing i think i used to do things yeah. for people like, and we've said this time and time again, yeah, it's nice. It's awesome that you guys are listening to this podcast. <laughs> it's great. I will continue to record this podcast, whether you listen or not. And that's how we have to look at life, right? I will continue to do manpower, whether or not I report it next week. It's, it's not for anybody. I deserve, I deserve to be happy. And I know that doing these things makes me, it fills me. If the mics weren't plugged in, we'd still be talking right here. (laughs) And it's amazing because I, and, and what a, what an inspired topic, Cody, like what an inspired topic, because we connect with our true identity with who we really, really are. And there's nothing farther away from us than the choice to look at pornography and masturbate. If there's, if there's nothing that like that Spence and I could, could share with you guys is we we do love you and we really appreciate your community, but, uh, this is for us. It really is. This is for our sustained recovery. Yeah. Being able to do this has helped me. I ain't never losing because of this. Right. (laughs) This is why I fight, guys. I mean, this is exactly why I fight. I fight because when a guy or guys or groups of men figure out their identity and their true identity, they're more understanding of their own weaknesses and humanity. But that transition and project and that transitions and projects onto others. So, espe- so especially Christ-like for them, for those that are influenced by you, that you become one of those influential people that doesn't use, don't use people as pawns. You don't use people as objects to get what you want. You don't use some person you don't even know to get your body and brain validation, Right? Or that status quo of addiction, you know your you become to know yourself so much that other people cannot stand, but not they just they've got to be around you because 
they that you know they you know yourself so much they want to get to that point and that's what i fight that's exactly why i fight mm-hmm. one of the big reasons is because when people are in addiction and they don't know themselves and they identify themselves how satan wants them to identify themselves they do the same to others it just projects on others who you know who they want to use them as and we talked about sociopathy. I fight to fight. Mild forms of sociopathy when this happens. Guys, that's what it is. If you're listening out there, know that these are mild forms of objectifying others for your own pleasure. And when you get, when you get to a level where you know yourself, there, so there's, there's no problem in getting to know yourself Get to know God. Get to know the enemy. Make sure you're connecting with him on the spiritual level. That, that foundation is so important to know on a daily basis. But that's why I fight. is because it's a domino effect for good all around and building the kingdom. It's the it's Enoch principle. Wherever you go, you're going to have a holy experience. You're going to step on holy ground wherever you go. Hmm. That's so influential. It's awesome. Dude. So why you, are you guys fighting? Well, yeah. Well, while you were while you were saying that, Cody, I thought of the <clears throat> I thought of the Savior, and why he did what he did, why he performed those miracles. There was there's a scripture I can't remember where it's at, but in the New Testament where he performs some miracle, and it says that the people desired to make him a king, like they were so, like. And what would any one of us human beings do? Because we want that external validation. Yeah. We want King, the, if you insist. It, sure. <laughs> if you're, if you're going to adore yeah. me and think I'm the best, sure. You know? Stop. stop. But, but it, what I love is his response. That he went away by himself. If nothing more to prove, I don't, I mean his intention his the the goodness of his heart we dive into him and we find ourselves we see his example and no one understood himself better than he did right um and as you were saying that i i fight for that i fight to i fight for me i fight so that i don't have to wonder in my heart whether or not I'm a good person. I fight so that so that me like I am not an agent being acted upon but an agent for good for me and for my family and for anyone else. But it starts it starts with me, I fight to be the master of my own fate, the captain of my soul. And if you want some some uh, good material to repeat to yourself, I would I would recommend that poem, Invictus, because that when I that's my that's the first one I go to. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I think whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloodied. 
but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. That's why I fight. Wes? Man, I want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be Spence for Halloween. The the toughest guy. A muscle suit, probably. Muscle suit, for sure. Yeah. Jorts. Jorts. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Why do I fight? Four simple words that I ask myself every single day. Why do I fight? Not what do I fight for, but why do I fight? Why do I live my life after the pattern that I've chosen? Why do I spend my time doing what I do with my time? And the answer is clear as day. It is who I am. It is what I am. My parents are fighters. Both earthly and heavenly are fighters. So why not go into the family business? And because of the people who run the earth, the people who run their lives, I should say, are those that have mastered themselves. I've been alive for, I'm coming up on something like 11,000 days. Hmm. No, not that many, like 10,600 days or something like that. Hmm. And each one of those days is filled with 24 hours and I'm not getting any back. And so what do I do? What do I do with my mortality, with my finite time here, where I can actually make a difference? Where the game is on the line. I don't care if I have a bum leg. I don't care if I've got a broken thumb. We're going down and we're going to score and win. I fight because it would be selfish not to. I feel like... My Heavenly Father has endowed me with, with things that He needs me to do. He needs me to... to he, he, I shouldn't say that. My Heavenly Father does not need me for anything. I need Him to be able to learn more about who I am. And if I'm as, as complex as a son of God should be, there's plenty of more, plenty more of me to learn about myself. And as we put these things in motion... Life unfolds before us into a beautiful story, far more impressive and and worthwhile than we could ever write for ourselves. Um, I fight to know what's around the bend. I fight to know the next chapter. Because I'm loving it. I'm loving my life. And what chapter you're going to write? Ooh. Right? I better not be writing it. Edward can tell you that my English is not that great. <laughs> so, Dude. Wes and Cody, you are both... And Spence. Hey, you are men of God. I admire you both. And uh, 
Yeah. To be around people like you, surround yourself with people like Cody and Wes, you know, surround yourself with people that know who they are. I think that, that helps, helps you find yourself. Whew. That was good. (laughs) That was very nice. I love doing this. (laughs) This is the funnest. Most fun. Thanks for asking, answering my questions today, yeah. you guys. Man, Dude. did we getting answer know, them? Getting to know more did of Wes we, and Spenny. Did we dude. answer them? Oh my goodness, they're so good, so good. Yes, you did very well. That's what I'm talking Gracias about. Gracias for having me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. For having me. De nada. <laughs> yeah. Of nothing. <laughs> for having me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you guys, happy day. Go win today. Mm-hmm. Make the choice. In that intro, make a make the choice. Just, Just decide. decide who you're going to be, what you're going to be, and how you're going to do it. Just decide. Decide. It's your choice. Oh, it's your choice. And I, oh, man. Okay, sorry. I'm getting warmed back up again. Oh. And we got to come to a close. I don't know where this juice is coming from, man. Dude, go, go. Came. I love was it. just going to say is when you said like, man, you, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, but that's Wes, you know, he's so dope. Like there's no way I could do that. Oh, Spenny, he's way strong, you know, yeah. and handsome. <laughs> like I could never be that. No, but when you have those, those thoughts, I mean, you know where it's coming from. Yeah, it's comparison. Don't do it. It's not even worth it. There's nothing special about us. No, you can be the best Caleb that you want to be. You can be the best Cameron that you want to be, right? That's your choice. And it has nothing to do with Spenny. It has nothing to do with Wes. It has nothing to do with, you know what I mean? Make the choice. Just decide. Elder Uchtdorf said, not that long ago, we, are, we find ourselves in, in the drama of mortality in a very interesting, perplexing situation where we are nothing to God. We are nothing in comparison to God, yet we are everything to Him. Hmm. There is nothing our Heavenly Father will not do. There is no mountain that He will not move. There is no storm that He will not quell. There is no... There is no map that he will not chart to bring you back to him. I would challenge you to hit your knees and to allow him to do that. Ask and ye shall receive. I cannot bear testimony strong enough of the power of prayer and its ability to unlock the blessings of heaven that God the Father will send in your life people, influences, opportunities to bring you closer in line with his will it is the law of heaven you do those things and and you will fill the measure of your creation you will find yourself on your path that you agreed to do and life will take on an incredible adventure for you dudes (laughs) let's go let's go let's go hey lfg LFG, let's freaking go. Let's freaking go. Yes. Here LFGI, the, let's freaking get it. Let's freaking get it. On the EWP. TGIF. TGIF, yes. Thank goodness uh, it's Friday. BYU. But it's not. Brigham Young University. Go Cougars. All right. 
we love you. Oh, Thank Aggie you for listening. Spence. Thank you, Cody. And Dude, uh, thanks for having me. We love you. Come back next time.